Welcome to another episode of the Self-Doubt Solution, the show that helps entrepreneurs overcome the self-doubt that holds them back from achieving the next level of success, income, and personal freedom. The Self-Doubt Solution is hosted by the freedom architect, Mario Lanzarotti. Listen as Mario and his inspiring guests share practical insights and tools that help you find the shortcuts for exponential growth and success in all areas of your life. Learn how to build the mindset you need to create a life of true abundance, freedom, and fulfillment. And now, here is your host, Mario Lanzarotti. All right, all right, all right, all right, my dear friends, welcome to the Self-Doubt Solution. This is your host, the Freedom Architect, Mario Lanzarotti. And today, I have the honor and pleasure of interviewing a dear friend of mine, Her name is Anu Abraham, and she is known as a catalyst for transformational healing on the deepest level, the subconscious level. And she understands how to use intuitive energy that she has cultivated through decades of personal experience and work in this field to really help the world receive this medicine. She also facilitates healing breath work, and she has created her own unique take on physical therapy, which she calls sacred physical therapy. She works intuitively with the body where many of the root causes are stored. And today she's bringing her medicine to us so that you, my dear listeners, can distill the practical advice, apply it to your life to create more impact, more wealth, more joy, and more freedom. Anu, welcome to the show. Oh, thank you, Mario. It is such a pleasure and an honor to be here. I'm very excited for this conversation and to see where it just goes. Absolutely. This is going to be a good one. So, you know, Anu and I, before, (laughs) as we connected, uh, before I hit the record button, we took a moment to really center ourselves. And I invite you, whoever you are listening, watching, to do the same thing now, because this conversation, I already feel, is going to be a lot of powerful downloads and and remembrances that will really help you in your path so anu just to set the stage for our listeners so they have an understanding of what the kind of magic is that you're bringing to the table for them can you explain to them what it is that you do and how that can help someone absolutely so i originally began as a physical therapist and i realized i was attuned to what people were really holding so oftentimes it was either trauma or memories or some kind of held emotion, whether it was anger because they weren't able to express it. And over time, when these little pockets of memories and emotions and trauma are stored, our body starts rewiring and starts creating patterns and we start behaving from that place. Mm. We start showing up in the world from that place. So what I do is I help people tune in, go deep, find out what they're holding, whether it's a belief, whether it's a memory, whether it's emotions, whether it's trauma, helping them access it, understand it, and release it, which is the most important thing, giving them exit strategies. And once those things, those energy pockets are not there, the body starts to rewire itself differently. So it's genuine, deep transformation from the inside out without these things and people show up differently they feel differently their Mm. health is different so bottom line this started from a health true deep inner health and wellness perspective for me and it's broadened into 
I would say every area of life. So now people don't show up just for health reasons like, hey, I, I have high blood pressure or this disease or cancer or <clears throat> some kind of autoimmune disease. Now it's like, I'm getting into battles with my boss. What's really going on here? Or I keep attracting the same type of boss or the same type of, of partner. What, what's, what is going on? So we find the pattern, we find the block, we find the energy inside the body and help them move it through. So Amazing. it's been really nice. Yeah. It's, it's probably one of the most fulfilling things I could have ever imagined I would mm. ever do. And I didn't imagine that this would ever be <laughs> the work that I ever offer the world, but it is so deeply sacred to me. The intimacy and the safety that's created where people get to truly reveal what's hidden on the inside caverns. And that is not an area that people usually want to even tune into or yeah. expose. Yeah. But without it, you're so much more powerful mm. and you're so much more free. So, so true. Yeah. So that's it. That's mm. uh, it's basically designed for true inner health, wellness, and wealth, and freedom, and mm. empowerment, embodied. I love that. And 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 tell me. So you, you know, you present this very powerful distinction on what is required to get from the deeper unconscious subconscious level out into the conscious what you're seeing on a day to day to day and how you can apply it to your life to create the kind of results that you want for yourself now i'm curious i'm assuming you didn't just you know wake up one day oh okay this is what i'm doing right here's how i'm doing it <laughs> right no. i'm assuming there was a little bit of a journey in between a little dance you know with the dark darkness and the light to the ups and the downs where did this journey start for anu you know, I could never have planned this either. It started with trauma in my own body. So I was working as a physical therapist. I was on the journey of <clears throat> lift your leg and lower your leg and do this exercise. And that's what's getting you better. But in January of January 1st of 2006, I actually suddenly lost my brother and mm. he had passed over and in that very moment i had immediate mid-back pain it was so sharp and there was wow. it was so deep in my body and i remember my family had all come over they were there to support us and love us through this massive tragic loss and <clears throat> i remember my cousin rubbing my back because i was like my back is in so much pain and so i went through my own journey of finding trying to find physical therapists and everything that I knew, like chiropractic medicine, to try to release this pain from my mid-back. And it wasn't until six months into that that I had found out about a healer. I didn't even know what that word meant. I had no idea what any of that was. So I said, you know what? Screw it. At this point, I've tried everything, and that pain just won't go away. I didn't fill out any forms. He didn't know anything about me. I just booked the appointment. I showed up. And I remember he said, the hairs on my hands are standing up. Your brother is in the room. And oh, now wow. at 25 years old, you're not thinking, like if he said grandmother, I'd be like, oh, come on. Everybody, you know, has a grandparent that's, you know, unfortunately passed at this point. But I was like, okay, what is this? What is this place? And he was a shaman. And he helped me understand 
that I was holding and storing grief in my mid back and holding that for everyone, for my parents, for my brother's fiance, mm. for my family, because I was a, a big support system. I was like the anchor, the sturdy one, right? So holding that kind of energy for wow. your own parents, it, it was it was a lot. And it was also at the heart chakra, right? So my heart was broken at that time, just absolute rupture. Yeah. And it was when he said that, and also, he's like, and also you're feeling this guilt, the survivor's guilt, that if it was you, everyone wouldn't be so upset. And my God, Mario, the tears that just, like a dam broke, these tears just, poof. Wow. I finally had space. I finally had this massive emotional release. And he put no pressure, zero, on my mm. mid-back, and it was gone. It was just gone. Mm. And so, of course, the curious cat that I am, I'm like, what was that? And he's like, and by the way, this was all meant to happen. You were meant to do this work. I'm like, okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, I don't know what that means. And so, of course, curiosity led me. So I was like, what mm. was that? What just happened? I need to know what what can I do better for people? How can I show up differently for people? Like, if this is true for me, this has got to be true for other people. And I went down the rabbit hole of the subconscious. I went down because I realized, man, we are so much more than muscles and nerves and blood and cells. There's so much more intelligence. There's so much more wisdom in there mm. and absorbability. We just absorb. Yeah. And what exactly are we absorbing? Is it for our benefit? Is it is it working for us? Is it beneficial for our health and our, our success and our path forward? So I just went through so many healing arts courses and mm. I just kept expanding my toolkit and it was never enough. It was insatiable. And I think at this point, I'm like, all right, <laughs> maybe we can like limit this down to like once or twice a year if there's a deep resonance in right. myself with with something. Because at this point, it's like we have enough tools for every walk of life and enough uh, intuition to zone in on anyone, because the truth of the matter is the body never lies. So it never, ever matters to me what the mind and the mouth are saying. What I see is nonverbal and what I feel is nonverbal and the body shows me. It will, it will message somehow, it will indicate somehow. So it's like, okay, that right shoulder pain. Okay, let's talk about obligation. And Ooh. it's like, <laughs> I love that. Yeah, that didn't hit at all for anyone. <laughs> yeah, mm. right. Yeah, I want to. So I want to zone in on something because you you said a lot of really really valuable things and also many things that I can relate to. Right, I remember when I was going through my uh, Lufthansa pilot career and the beginning of it is the training. I had a slip disc. And I went through physical therapy, and the, with the physical therapy they pres prescribed me, the doctors was completely off, and it just mm -hmm. made everything worse. And I, as I quit my career, I all of a sudden the pain went from you know being almost unbearable to an okay level within a couple of days. And I had mm -hmm. been suffering from this for like three years, and it had gone through all kind of physical, traditional therapies, but nothing ever worked. And so what really changed things up for me was 
understanding more about the emotional component, especially you yes. know, when you were speaking into the guilt, I felt mm -hmm. a tremendous sense of responsibility within my family to sort of carry the flag forward because my parents mm -hmm. sort of sacrificed so much for, for me and my sister for us to have a life that they never had. So I felt responsible to sort of prove it to them that I was worth all the effort. And in yeah. my mind, I wasn't worth it. I was failing completely. So I felt this crushing sensation of guilt, which just put me in so much pain. So I, can you elaborate a little bit of the, the, the physical connection with like guilt and back pain, how, how all of that is connected? Absolutely. So if you look at the mind first, everything starts in the mind, right? And with gravity, it all moves down. The mind and the body are connected. They're one unit. They're not separate from each other. Mm. So let's just say you're you're thinking about, my God, the burden of carrying this flag forward. All of a sudden, your body starts responding to that. And it, there's burden on the shoulder. There's yeah. burden on the neck. And you're, you're like compressing this elongation in the spine that you have, right? Yeah. It's all just sitting right there. And it won't loosen. It doesn't matter how much you go in there and try to release the tissues underneath what the body is feeling because there's an intelligence there's there's an emotional receptivity in the body it's it's comprised of energy guilt is energy we don't make it good we don't make it bad it's just an energy mm. so when we talk about the vibrational scale of where things vibrate guilt is probably we can go into that that's a, that's another rabbit hole of vibration but it's just a vibration and it's a vibration that doesn't actually create health in the body. It creates restriction. It creates a sense of imprisonment, everything opposite of freedom. Yeah. Right. And that's, this is a biggie for a lot of people guilt. It's actually not even a natural emotion. It's man-made it's taught. Totally. It's taught by conditioning, by religion, by parenting, by school systems, like, you're not a good human if you do this. It, it, we can't all of a sudden just rely on our conscience or a moral compass. We have right. to be used with, we have to be taught guilt in yeah. order to be a good person in the world. So basically, we're absorb, we absorb, we absorb energy, especially when we're young, those formative years from zero to seven. We just absorb information. It doesn't matter if we think it makes sense or not. Mm. We're sponges. So until we actually teach our bodies, hey, we don't need to hold that. It's just it's just accruing and accruing and accruing. We can breathe into that. Breath is enough. You can actually breathe out emotion. Emotion is meant to arise and move through because it's meant to inform us. So I always ask, well, what is it teaching you? What is that guilt teaching you? That mm. there's a value. You have Very value efficient. in this. Like it, it matters, right? It's like, but is that my motivator? Am I really motivated by guilt? Or am I motivated by the inspiration of who I'm really meant to be? Mm. Right? There's so it's understanding what is the purpose of it being there instead of poo-pooing it or shunning it or suppressing it even more. It's allowing yourself to feel it, but also understanding why is it here? What is it meant to teach me? Mm. Is this just a habit? Is this just familiar? Do I operate from a place of guilt? And that's how I get things done in the world or mm. something else. I love how you bring in the, 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 this context to 
that really any kind of emotion is is here to teach us something and that you're not adding the labels of this negative emotion this is a toxic emotion and because I find that so often the reason why these emotions persist is because we fight them oh I shouldn't feel guilty why am I feeling guilty this is you know I've gone to Dr. Joe and Tony Robbins and you know the Dalai Lama and I've traveled the world and I know it all I know it I shouldn't feel guilty why am I feeling guilty right what was your did you have an experience where you resisted a lot of the things that you were feeling and then at some point you were no longer many many we can actually so absolutely yes Mm -hmm. uh i would say anger my experience with anger because i you know people experienced me as like a, a joyful person or whatever whatever their their uh impression is or perspective is and it's like well, it's not polite to be angry and it's not ladylike and, you know, hold everything in. I, I don't come from a culture that's very emotive. It's you hold that stuff in and you don't show it to anyone. And I, I had this gift as a child. It, it just came more alive when I started working with bodies and then through that one experience. But that was the major awakening, I would say. But I remember as a child looking at someone and there's smiling at me but I would feel this anger underneath so Mm. when I would ask like are you okay is something going on or (laughs) are you upset yeah and that didn't go well (laughs) (laughs) it wasn't received well it's like do not shatter my facade Mm. don't ask that real question that will shatter the illusion that I'm happy and I'm put together and that you know don't ask me anything that'll make me crumble or fall apart Mm. so I would say anger was something I had a really hard time embracing. And then I realized, well, wait a minute. As I surrendered to it, like, what, what is it? What is it exactly? I don't like to be treated this way. This is, I have a boundary around this and my boundary was crossed. Okay. Mm. So that's really important information. Boundaries are here to protect us and to preserve us and to keep our energy you know, nourished and well and and alive. So that was important information that no one could tell you. It's the intelligence coming from my own body. So I would say once I stopped fighting, which is just more anger, really. It's it's more conflict. It's more lack of harmony. Once I embrace, like, every human feels angry. We're all entitled. As long as you don't stay there. Mm. As long as you come to a place of learning to release it and coming to that space of forgiveness, then the amount of healing and circulation that happens in the body is really um, optimal. Mm. I can relate so much to that, you know, and and especially this, for me, anger was, and I never really recognized that is I had been suppressing anger towards my parents because my parents you know my my own story was picture perfect uh, you know upbringing loving parents even though they divorced they still had a very good relationship my parents were always around you know i, I got everything that was my old my, my narrative and you know for me that's still true and at the same time there were memories in which i saw my parents fight yeah and as a young child as you know you cannot make sense of that stuff no So I had a lot of anger towards the things that were happening. 
And I never gave myself permission to express it. Because I was like, no, my parents are amazing, you know? And then I was like, and I, have, I shouldn't be that kind of boy. That's the condition here. Yeah? I shouldn't I shouldn't complain about it. You know, I had, had, had it all. I never had this deep trauma that other people talk about. And then I did a, um, a past life regression uh, therapy session where she first guided me back into my child before going back even further. And that's when it Great. came up. And then I would just go, what? fuck you and I just let it all out and it was so freeing it was so freeing and and I see you know I'm curious also to hear your perspective on this I see a lot of men today also a lot of the clients that I work with they hold on to anger because they use it as a mechanism to motivate themselves into action yeah what is your experience with that I think that is very true, but I also like to make distinguishing um, characteristics that there's Mm. a fine line between anger and passion. So when I work with change makers or people that have, you know, broad based messaging or work for companies and there's that trickle down effect, it, I like to tune into what are you actually passionate about? Mm. And is it really anger that's motivating you to make the change? That's part of the catalyst. It's a catalyst for mm. transformation. It's a catalyst for propelling you forward because it's like, we can't, this can't go on like this. It's got to be different. But I actually think it's it's passion that's just slightly towards the red phase that we just need to. Mm. Because what I can say is when I've listened to messaging of people, whether it's charity or foundations or companies when people are ferociously angry about their messaging and and what they're trying to bring across it doesn't always resonate for me it doesn't inspire me it doesn't always land there's a rightful place for it depending on the topic and how linked to survival it is right right? but when it comes to motivating people and inspiring people to be generous and to share and to you know receive interest it's really passion that we respond to more so than anger Mm. so i think that's an important thing for anyone who has messaging out there there there's a fine tuning that i think that will reach more people Mm. when you come from true genuine passion it's just inspiring and it's motivating Mm. and it's it's um without the anger piece and sometimes with but as long as it's worked through and sifted through. Yeah. I, I, I find that really interesting, and, you know, especially the, the part where you bring up the passion and it's sort of what's coming up for me is that the, the anger is bringing up the energy. It's, it's like stimulating it. And then we can transmute that into a yes. healthy, for a healthy, warmer, high vibrational state, which is passion, which is, as you mentioned it, the, the catalyst for that. Would you, would you say, as I've heard this a couple times, I've never really dove into it. Would you say that anger is a neutral emotion? No, hmm. it's not neutral. So going back to the vibrational scale, yeah. um, they there are physicists and um, teachers and scientists out there that have measured the vibration of emotion. Right. And what they clocked 200 is neutral. Anything above 200, like love comes in, I believe, at 500. The yeah. vibration of true, genuine love in the body is about 500. So that's yeah. considered life-giving. It's beneficial. Anything below 200 
such as I believe, and don't quote me on this, I would have to look it up. I believe shame comes in yeah. at about 30. Yeah. Or for and and anger might be 40 or 50. So they're far below 200. So when you have that circulating through the body, it's absolutely not beneficial to your health. And I would say that those are the things that are actually what I scry through with people when we're doing our session, because it's the underlying breeding ground for inflammation. Mm. And I, I, I got it here. You, as you, as you were speaking. Oh, good. Um, yeah. Did you pull it up? Yeah. Let's yeah. Be accurate, what, what did you say? Uh, shame at okay, how much? Assessment. Shame was 30. Uh, this one says guilt is 30 and shame is 20. Okay. 20. Okay. Yeah. yeah. But it could, you know, there? there's different ones, right? The I don't know if they're all. Oh, no, I think that's it. I think yeah? I called it inaccurately. I yeah, here we it. go. Yeah, here we go. And yeah. then you said love anger. is at 500. Yeah. Anger is at 150. 150. So Pro it technically, <laughs> it's, it's healthier to be angry than shameful and guilty. Ooh, that's interesting. So desire. <laughs> is at 125 slightly above fear how how would you explain that what like how is desire between anger and fear that that i'm curious about if, if you have any Me thoughts too. on that i don't in this moment because i guess it depends on what they're qualifying as desire mm. if if it's attached to something that you don't have it's a, if it's attached to scarcity or a lack mentality which is very close to fear right. then i can understand how it's vibrating so low okay i found it here desire craving view of life disappointing i don't have it i crave it so that makes sense a disappointment really mm. you can equate that so they're they're analogous here or synonymous i should say uh, this is this is fascinating because it is shame is the lowest on this yeah. scala this is called there we go this is the map of consciousness by david r hawkins, hawkins. yeah so shame yeah. if we if you i know if you take a look at what's currently happening in the world with yeah. the cancel culture with people forcing their views on if you don't if you don't accept this you know the the pronouns all of that black white whatever your view is on that how do you, why do you think we're in this time where shame is so strongly vibrating in so many people's lives at the moment? This is a big purge for everyone. It's really clarifying this this time of transformation when we're every single one of us are feeling it. I don't care how long you've been in the healing world. I've been in for nearly two decades. It's not it's not missing me either. There is an yeah. upgrade that's happening. There's a purification process. We're in a global ascension process, even though it feels like we're in the descent right mm. now. We're in the underworld with the shame, with the guilt, with the fear, especially the fear mongering. So I would say that really you can't feel something right now unless it's inside of you. So let's say that again. <laughs> that was really good thank you it's you can't feel something unless it's inside of you mm. so we talk about triggers like oh that person triggered me well that's inside you yes so they're not walking around triggering something that's not there if someone says to me you're chinese it's so ridiculous to me because it's like oh okay <laughs> Right? It just water off a duck's back. Right. 
Right. But let's just say I have some memory when I'm younger of say people shaming me for not being Chinese, mm. then there's a trigger, there's a healing. So really, I feel like all of these things are opportunities to heal and we're all doing it together. So why don't we all just cooperate and just surrender and, and let's, let's release this stuff from our bodies so we can have healthier ways of being and communicating and, you know, cooperating and collaborating in the world. I mean, mm. that's really what I'm moving towards. My soul is here for peace. Yeah. I'm not here to, I'm not here to be complacent. Mm. <laughs> I've never really been good at that. Uh, I don't have a long history with that one, but I am here to share that there's other angles and perspectives. And one of them is that of oneness. That is so clear to my soul. We're here for oneness. So anything that's not oneness is showing up right now. So we can all remove it from our bodies, whether it's ancestral, generational, a personal experience or multiple experiences, mm. it's in the body. And the soul wants to take up more space. It can't take up space if there's all these polarized views and judgments and right. shame and guilt that's all space occupying. So let's clean it up, make more space for our souls and our light to shine through and be who you're really meant to be in the world. Mm. That's what I have to say to that. And the other thing, thank you very much. The other thing I'd love to say about cancel culture we're all on a massive learning curve right now. I've worked with clients that have experienced this and it is absolute trauma. It is damaging, it's traumatizing, uh, it's very aggressive and I wish everyone would come down from their high horse of morality and pointing fingers and look within themselves because I guarantee you, I can spot anything in anyone and then put that on display and magnify it. I could take a piece of what you said, not the full sentence, and make a story out of it. So I just wish that we would stop shaming each yeah. other yeah. and pointing out all the flaws and the weaknesses and the wrongdoings. It's, if you even took five minutes to do that within yourself and realize how how challenging it is sometimes to heal oneself and to go in there yeah i think if you have that empathy and that compassion for yourself you'll have it for others yeah. we're not perfect we say things incorrectly we are on a learning curve of what's appropriate language language and what's not and i think we just need to give each other some breathing room and some space to learn and to grow and to come together and not be so quick to point fingers because it doesn't mean that since you're pointing the finger that you're so much better than yeah it's yeah. not true we got to stop one-upping each other and you're bad and i'm good yeah that that polarizing way of thinking is not getting us anywhere it needs to go it's outdated yeah and, and i agree you know i think part of the learning at least from for that 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 I see what people having big breakthroughs is if we look at, I always ask myself, why do people do this? Right? Because I'm a very logic person because my forte is mindset. So I'm like, okay, why do people shame one another? What's their outcome? Why do they want to do that? And most people will tell you, well, I'm shaming the other person because I want them to learn their lesson. There's also a part of it that was, I just want to hurt back. And also if you look at yourself, you know, 
oftentimes the, the, the way we are taught learning from school onwards is through punishment, right? It's, a, it's the same way that we treat most of our pets. Bad boy, good boy. So we use fear, we use intimidation, we use ultimately shame as a motive for us to learn. But if you look at the efficiency of that, it's that much. If you if you compare this, and you, I do a whole workshop on this called the Unstoppable Mindset, where I teach people how to literally become unstoppable, and it's what you were share, was sharing. It's through self love and self acceptance, because people, especially the high achiever kind, are afraid of of, of, of allowing self love because they think if I do that, it will slow me down. But the opposite is true, and maybe you can speak into that, you know, because what I find is. When you're already afraid of something at a deeper level, and then you think about adopting a new behavior that is then even outside of your comfort zone, because you've been repeating this behavior again and again and again, it's more unlikely that you will adapt a new behavior if you shame yourself. It's, yes. you know, you're just going to stay there, right? Absolutely. So I'm, I'm, I'm wondering, can you sort of take what I said and bring it into how trauma in the body works with that and how it keeps people stuck in their patterns? Absolutely. So going back to the body, the issues are in the tissues. Mm, so, I like that. Right? That's that's a common phrase. I can't pretend that I've made that up. <laughs> For me, you made that up. <laughs> okay, great. Oh my gosh, the coining on this podcast. <laughs> so... The issues are in the tissues. You can find them all there. I can literally find the energy trail of a pattern in the wow. body. So that's just how my gift works. It's not It's not like, oh, look how great I am. It's just that's what I'm attuned to. So let's just say we're going to take a good one. Uh, people pleasing. Ooh. <laughs> Putting others first, right? Yeah. I can literally see the movement pattern in the body that creates that reflexive behavior. So you asked me the golden question of like, you know, let's just say I have a full schedule. Hey, can you actually make three hours of time for X, Y, Z? Or, right. and I know where my time is and I know what my capability is. I know right. I can't do it, but there is a reflexive response in me to say, sure, absolutely, Mario, I'll do ah. anything for you, whatever you need. And it's literally like a knee jerk reaction because it is. It's, there's a pathophysiology in the body that creates that. So the trigger comes in of people pleasing. The habit is then, that pattern is then revealed. And it's it's a knee-jerk automatic reflex that comes from the subconscious. Hmm. So what does that look like? So, so, you know, let's say consciously you've been cultivating more of a, you know, this, these are my boundaries, you know, like I communicate that clearly. And then one of the people that reaches underneath your skin let's say it's one of your parents or your siblings says hey anu so can you just help me friday you know evening time you know you know you have maybe you had a date dinner or whatever plan you know yeah. and someone comes in say can you just help me and then the old guilt voice comes in you should definitely help them you don't help your family <laughs> enough you know what what happens yeah. in your body because now to me it sounds like that there's a conflict yes contraction so one thing to preface is we operate 95% of our choices and our actions and our behaviors from the subconscious. Mm. So no matter how conscious you think you are of something, there is still an enormous amount of unconsciousness Good and point. subconscious behavior, right? So 
let's just say it's a pattern you're actively working on. I will say this, family is usually the root of origin for a lot of these behaviors and patterns. Yeah. It's the most challenging to practice what you learn within family dynamics that have been enforced. No You've idea already been talking about. A... I don't either. <laughs> <laughs> I can't relate to any of this. <laughs> this doesn't resonate for me at all. Uh... Um, but it's that place of unconsciousness that usually mm. takes over. And when you're conscious of a specific pattern or habit, you can try and be like, what was that tension? What was, here's the contraction. I can feel it. Mm. I feel my stomach tightening. I can feel my shoulders going up and I feel myself responding before I even have a chance to just pause. So what I like to offer people is the gift of permission to pause, interrupt the pathways. Instead of just going into that reflexive pattern, take more time to just take a second, take a breath, and in this way, you're creating like that neuron, that pathway is not firing as quickly. There's not a reflexive offshoot that's reinforcing that same mm. pattern of behavior. So I'm not even sure if that answered your question. It did. It did. No, <laughs> de definitely. Because this was great. This was great. So basically, if I hear you correctly, you're saying, you know, Obviously, this requires an awareness that you even have these patterns, right? That yes. you have this pleaser pattern. So say yes. you have it, you know, okay, you're going to go to family um, activities and there's likely going to be someone that will make a request of you or say something that can activate that part of you. Now, what you're saying is the next time that happens is pay attention to what your body is doing and sort of like understand that there's a tightness coming. There's a sort of, as you say, the knee jerk reaction. And as that happens, rather than trying to then change anything, pause for a moment and breathe. Yeah. And that exactly already is an interruption of the whole mechanism that plays out. I think this is really valuable. And, you know, part of the work that I do in the first stage of the work, always, and which is interestingly enough, always the part where people have the biggest breakthroughs is awareness, is just yes. observing. Because yes. we don't first do step. it, right? We don't do it. Yeah. We just go. And then you read the books, the business growth books, go faster, go harder, go quicker, you know? And no, it's just like, wait a minute, take a break and just look. Don't change, just look. And that alone creates the space for transformation to occur. We're trying to fit in new stuff into the tiny boxes that we still have available uh, in the midst of all the conditioning. So I think what you're sharing here is is, is really beautiful and, 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 and really practical, most of it. I would say that's one of my number one goals is making this incredibly practical. Yeah. And yes, there is a multi-dimensionality that lives here. There's multiple angles there's so many different perspectives from the heart the soul past life current life soul contracts agreements there's so many different things and we can get lost in the esoterics but mm. a really a, a, a bridge between the subconscious and the conscious between the higher dimensions and this dimension on earth right now so i would say the number one thing is making this practical realistic understandable translatable implementable and oftentimes it's just so simple but we love as humans we love to overcomplicate things our mind loves to 
twist and turn and churn and make complexities out of things. Yeah. And we love to overly complicate things. Yeah. So I love that you prefaced how simple it is to just yeah. stop and take a breath. There is a reality to that. That, And it just reminds me of the time when I would work in, in the hospital system and you know, so many patients would come in front of me and say, you know, the doctor told me that the reason I'm feeling like this is stress. Hmm. And I always ask, and what was suggested on what do you do with that stress? What are the tools to manage that stress? What is the stress? Yeah. We can use, it's so broad based, but what does that even mean for you? So it's like, well, diet and exercise. Absolutely. I come from a family and a culture that was raised through an Ayurvedic background. So food Amazing. is medicine for us. It's always been that way since I was a child. There's healing properties and qualities to foods. There, There is truth to that. Yeah. Movement, you know, exercise, movement, our bodies are designed to move. Right. We're not static creatures. We're energy in motion, which yeah. is what emotion is. But that emotional piece, that that spiritual piece was the one that was always neglected. So my favorite mm. thing was showing people how to channel that stress into the, into different strategies. Yeah. And even going back to anger, something I found helpful for me that, that I needed as a tool was taking all the anger and writing it out on paper, unfiltered, unedited, uncensored, whatever it is, just instead of dumping it on someone or, you know, holding it inside myself and making it toxic for myself, I would pour it onto paper and then I would line it up and burn it. Mm. Maybe there's a little pyro in me. I don't know, but I also <laughs> see fire. It's, it could be true, but I see fire to the sacred element. It is. Elements purify, right? So when we use fire to transmute, you're taking all of that energy mm. inside of you. You're putting it on the paper, throwing it in the bonfire or mm. the, fireplace or you could take an aluminum lasagna tray put it on your stove top <laughs> and yeah light it up and it's no longer inside of you that yeah. energy has moved yeah yeah, so, yeah. i think you know you, you brought up a very important point here with to me it sounds like there is no before cre creation is also destruction you know creation and destruction go hand in hand it's a mutual process right that's yeah. why i remember having a conversation i think it was with my dad a long time ago and it was about, you know, uh, wildfires happening and he was watching the news and he's like, oh, this is so terrible. This is so awful. And I'm like, I don't know. It was like, you know, it's like, I think it's part of nature. He's like, yeah, but humans did this. He's like, yeah, well, also part of nature, right? We're all part of the, the whole being and system. And so when I, what I, that process alone, what you just described helped me look at things and see, yeah, there is a destruction process that requires to be taken place to make space for something new to come up, for it to be brought out into this into this reality. And, you know, for some some of us, I think the more longer we hold on to the idea that that is wrong, that shouldn't be the case, the more suffering there is. And to yeah. your point, you know, with stress, I find that the word stress is thrown around in society so much and so normalized and i want to make a distinction because i don't like the word normal to me no <laughs> normal is like saying yeah it's normal that's just the way it is and i'm like 
I want to remind people that they are incredibly powerful creators of their own destiny. They are limitless beings. And in that realm, there's no such thing as normalizing stress. To me, stress is, an, is a symptom of something that is disconnected from our true nature. So I say it's human. It's very human to, to have stress. And oftentimes I see people as like, do you even know why you're stressed or what stress is? And stress is really a whole conversation around fear. Yeah. But people say, oh, I'm just so stressed. I'm just so stressed. Yeah, but do you understand what you're saying? You're just saying, I'm so afraid. I'm so afraid. What are you afraid of? What do you think might happen? Um, I might, might lose my job, might lose my relationship and all these things. But that's not really addressed. And then that creates all of the stuckness that you were talking about today. So I'm, I'm really happy that you're bringing so much clarity and light to this. And I want to ask you a question that I'm really curious how you're going to answer it because, okay. you know, every client on me, Mario. gives me Go a different it. response. <laughs> so if you could spend an hour of your time with any person in the world and invite them for lunch, dead or alive, we can bring them back. Who would it be and why? So Abraham Lincoln. Mm. Yeah. I, I'm very curious what his soul's perspective was at that time and how he truly saw um, race and gender. That, that lens of oneness, I'm very, very interested in. I would love to not only pick his brain, but just tune into his heart and see what was your soul really here to do? There's also that commonality of Anu Abraham and Abraham Lincoln. I'm like, in my mind, I'm like, are we similar? <laughs> Is this like a, a, you know, an automatic receiving of some legacy of this name? Probably not. But I would, I, I've often thought about that. And it would definitely, I have a list of people. And he's definitely where it starts at the top for me. Because it's just a curiosity. It's, it's, I want to know what you were thinking about then. And yeah. we already know how unpopular it was, but right. he was clearly here as a soul on a mission to do something. Yeah. So I would love to know what we read in the books. Is it accurate? Is that really what your messaging was? Or mm -hmm. was this some twisted interpretation or, mm. you know, the game of telephone where things get skewed? So, right. That's just where my mind went. Mm, that's a beautiful response. Thank you. And there is this um, this thing that I want to go back to in the previous conversation, even though I love that question, that cycle of death and rebirth and going back to, to stress. Mm -hmm. So there are things that are habits in us that's just part of evolution. As a human and as society, we go through this process of evolution and things need to die in us that don't serve us. The same patterns and behaviors that worked for us as a three-year-old to get attention is not what works as a 40-year-old in the world today or a 30-year-old or a 50-year-old. doesn't matter how old you are. We evolve out of these patterns and these habits. So there is a purpose to destruction or death. They yeah. need to die. It needs yeah. to resolve. And then we grow forward. And I also want to make a clarification that not all stress is bad stress. Mm. 
in the world of healing and growth and transformation, True. when you're going through that process of death, physiological death, where habits are dying or old energy is moving, that is actually stressful for the body too. Right. It's not a bad thing. It's for a greater purpose. It's again, to make more light, to ascend, to become lighter in our yeah. bodies and to remove the density and the stagnation. But it's not easy because you're confronted with, okay, I'm not going to be the people pleaser in the room. And now I put myself in the room of people that expect me to be. That's stressful, but it's also an opportunity to be different, right? And to show up differently and to show this is actually who I am now. So I think stress is not always a bad thing. It's mm. just how change is created in the body. Mm. I like that. Would you would you say then that's sort of like when you're going out to the gym and you're working out, there's a yeah. there's a painful component to it, an uncomfortable component component to it, which is stressful yes. for the body because there's muscle totally. tissue that's ripping apart and then it's regrowing. Yes. Micro tears. Absolutely. It's micro tears. Mm. And then there's this it's a it's not to get so technical, but then there's also a process where the tissue gets stronger and they contra the contractile tissue gets stronger and it tenses more and then there's more definition. So yes, it's a very appropriate analogy. Mm, I love that. Thank you for sharing that. And oh, my you know, I really appreciate how you're always bringing this positive sort of useful peaceful perspective to you know it's not all negative and bad is this here's how we can use this and that's i think very practical for people and uh, i want to ask you you know also as a practicality for our listeners how do how does a new abraham deal with self-doubt when that little voice comes to say hello are you sure you're going to make that happen yeah. what do you do then it for me it's inner dialogue I need to switch gears into that maternal nurturing mother figure, yeah. that mother archetype. That for me is the only approach that works. Hard knocks life doesn't work. Criticism, you know, put on your bootstraps and get out there. That doesn't work because it's usually a child aspect of us. It's the inner child. So <laughs> that gentle nurturing, okay, tell me everything you want to say. And then I just question, is that really true? Is it true? Mm -hmm. Is it true that, you know, this, we can't make this happen or going into that softer side and that gentle side, it's so inviting for that aspect of us to come along. It's like, well, no, it's not really true. Maybe that's not exactly how things are going to yeah. go. Are you willing to try a different yeah. way? Yes. Okay. Yeah. So it's in encouraging and inviting that aspect of us to come along to this current present day moment mm. and questioning whether it's true or not, because fear is a feeling. It's not a reality. Mm. Feelings are not reality. It's, it's just a feeling. It's an energy moving through us. So let's get to the bottom of the truth. Mm. I love I love how you brought in the mother aspect, and that's that's exactly the same. By the way, the same way that I deal with it, I of go into, I go into <laughs> you know hugging myself, breathing, and it took me a while to understand the 
the profound the 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 profoundness of what you just said in, in with the mother aspect because mm. the mother a mother doesn't have the fatherly expectation of you know go out and get it and make it happen sort of a success achievement the mother is i will love you either way you can unconditionally fuck it no up all, all the way you can this my mother actually said this to me like word for word she said it, it doesn't matter what you do I will always love you. No matter where you are, no matter with who you are, no matter what you do, I will always love you. And taking that in for myself, when I have the doubt coming up and the anxiety as a result, um, that's exactly what I do. It's like, I love you. And I go, and I know that my ego is feels threatened at that point. So I go, I'm safe. I'm safe. Yes. It's okay. It's okay. Yes. Uh, it's a, I love you. And then I do exactly what you said, you know, is that really true? It's like, like, have I really never sold this service? Of course I have. Oh, yeah. great. It's like me. It's like, hey, yeah. Oh, man. High five. Awesome. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. You're, first of all, let's bless your mama. She, yes. she gave you the exact right message that she needed to for someone who's doing the work in the world that he's doing. So thank you, Mario's mom, wherever you are. That was, it's just a beautiful lesson that you were imparted and, yeah. and absorbed. So yeah. it gives you more courage to be brave and fierce and do things in the world. And I think what also helps is truth, reminding ourselves mm. of the truth. We have all these <clears throat> aspects of ourselves and we have these illusions and we have personas and personalities. And I love that you just brought up the ego because any time there's any kind of change in behavior or perspective, expect the ego to show up. Just know that's going to be a visitor at the door. Right. So, and it's it's going to be fierce and it's going to tell you, you can't do this thing and you right. can't move forward because it knows that it's safe in this survival formula of what's familiar and what's comfortable. Yeah. And it doesn't, it doesn't respond well to new things and to change because it thinks that you're going to die yeah. and it's your number one protector exactly it just wants to protect you that's all yeah. Yeah. but it's an outdated system that was formulated from childhood yeah. and it needs an upgrade so really again if you go to arms with your ego it's going to win it's equipped to win because it's taught to make you survive so the best way is befriend that warrior Mm. and and ask it to come along with you knowing okay and there it is there you are right at my heels right as about to, i'm about to move forward into this cusp of change or this new program or this new launch i expected you to come there you are okay and then having that conversation again as if it's the child and it responds right. really well i have not yet encountered in nearly 20 years anyone saying that didn't work it's, everyone says it works every time it's so yeah. it's so simple it's foolproof and, yeah. but that's the thing because it's so simple and because it sounds so petty and child we have judgment around it like oh yeah. god yeah, talk exactly. to myself like Ugh. we have so much judgment mm -hmm. around what works mm -hmm. if we could just drop the judgment no, the, mm -hmm. <laughs> if we could just drop the judgment and actually apply it and do yeah. it it works yeah. every time yeah i think this is the perfect time to come to an end because i think you've you i know that you've shared so much value and so many wisdom nuggets and so many 
really practicalities. That's one of the things that I really appreciate about appreciate about people like you that are very, very in tune with their spiritual side that can translate it into practical words. So Anu, if someone wanted to get in touch with you and it's like, man, I, I heard you on the self-doubt solution and this was so good and you spoke to me and I have these things that I'm still carrying and I'd love to you know, connect with you. What would be the best way and form to reach out? Uh, www.anuabraham.com. My mm-hmm. website is very easily accessible. All the emails go directly to me. So I'll always receive it and I'll respond back. I'm also newly on Instagram and going to make a commitment to myself to show up even more and share even more nuggets and truth and pieces. Great. Um, you can find me double underscore Anu Abraham on Instagram. I'm also on LinkedIn under Anu Abraham. It's really Anu Abraham across the board. There's okay. just with Instagram, a couple of underscores, the two uh, before it, because there's so many of us. Yeah. <laughs> I will be sure to to put all the links the, to find you into the show notes. Um, I highly recommend making the time, whoever you are listening right now, to connect with Anu. She is uh, a gem of a human being, and she has uh, really she really has the integrity to come from a place of wanting to genuinely help as opposed to wanting to make a profit. So that's rare in the world. You know, we're all working on, on changing that uh, throughout the, the world. Um, at this point, however, there's only very few individuals and she's really someone who embodies that. So with that, Anu, thank you so much for being on the show. Really loved you having here. And I look forward to, you know, continuing this. I love being here. What a pleasure and an honor. Bless you, Mario. Thank you so much. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. And thank you for tuning into the Self-Doubt Solution. This is your host, Mario Lanzarotti, the Freedom Architect. I will see you on the next show. And with that, I'm complete and wish you a beautiful rest of your day.